Well, that's what I'm trying to get back to. My question, which is, is a four wheeler a chair? I think it could you can be. sit on it. But no, but here's. Yeah. <laughs> Scotch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 212 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast, Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm the streamer of binary nonsense. I'm Sam, and I'm the RT. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is Juliette. 2019. Mmm, <laughs> Juliet. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we start, we have a warning. There's going to be profanity in this show, so deal with that in whatever means you you have to. Yep. Earmuffs. Yeah. Fleeing. Uh, we would also like to thank our supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. We've got a new recurring supporter, AU. That's how that's pronounced. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> who says, love the podcast. Hope you enjoy the fancy coffee. Ooh, thank and you. And we also have a donation from Specchio. Who says, just wanted to send a much-deserved thank you for the devs for making Levelhead. It's an amazing game. I love how you're always listening to feedback and responding quickly to issues on the Discord. P.S. Levelhead's editor is 100 times better than that other game. <laughs> so well, thank you. it's hard to say what he's talking about there. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of other games. games. This yeah. genre is extremely crowded. Yeah, yeah, he's probably talking, I assume, the StarCraft II map editor would, sure. be, I would assume yeah, I think what so. he's talking about there. It's our closest uh, parallel. Closest competitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd also like to thank our other recurring supporters as well. So I think most importantly, this is the boiling episode. 212. We've hit maximum heat. Mm-hmm. So maximum everything we heat. do... From, here From on this out. point out, it's just going to be hot gas. Just <laughs> steam. Yeah. yeah. Well, really, we should be kind of just stuck here for a while, you know, until we just are until gone. We, yeah. Until we are no more. We're just going to be boiling for a while, and then that's it. That's the and end. And you're gone. And that's it. You're gone. Uh, Sam, <laughs> you went a, to Iceland. There's a life metaphor in there somewhere, there's right? There, yeah. Speaking of boiling. Yeah. You went to Iceland and saw shit boiling up out of the Earth's crust. Just that place is just doing that all the time, yeah. just for fun. The craziest part was in the capital city, Reykjavik, uh-huh. they don't heat their water because why would they need to? They have you know volcanoes for that. And so <laughs> yeah. if you turn on a hot shower, it's actually just geothermal water that comes flying out. What? Yeah. And they don't like – How hot is it? It's hot. But more importantly, <laughs> boiling it lava smells hot. like sulfur. <laughs> really? Which is the worst because it smells like eggs. Is so it so you've got you've got a tap to Satan. They say like yeah, they say like don't drink that part. You can just turn on cold and drink it. That's fine because that's like your normal stuff, right? But yeah, if it's so hot, so you're bathing in water that's unsafe to go in your body, but it's fine to go. Well, it's on not like your- unsafe. It's just you know you don't want to drink sulfur. Did water. you smell? Did you smell like sulfur? Weirdly enough, it just smells terrible sort of in the shower, but it didn't seem to stick. Thank God. That's good. Because like we get there after, you know. Fuck. It must just be very volatile. So it just like goes yeah. into the air and then that's it. was a it. long flight. We flew overnight. And so we arrive at 6 a.m. And so and the whole, you know, the rule is you need to stay up until, until actual bedtime. Yeah, basically until you die. And so the problem is flying through the night. I can't sleep on a freaking airplane. Yep. So I was like, yep. I guess I'm yep. just going to be up for basically 30 hours. So you know, yeah. watch some movies. Which I realize there's a there's a third category of movie now for me, which is there's like the ones you see in the cinema, there's ones mm-hmm. you rent at home, and there's and ones you only watch your neighbor. Ones that are only appropriate when you feel like shit, your yep. tailbone hurts, you're in a tiny seat, you're smart you, to make so much you people. You just need to be yeah. elsewhere. And you and you got a you know, four inch screen. Yep. There's a certain kind of movie. It's perfect. The Blade Runner, actually, I watched that. Was in the, new, the new Blade Runner? Yeah. You watched what that? What do you think about that one? <laughs> it had a lot of interesting ideas, but it was. It was weird. It, it was so slow. It was slow. And well, the th- ideas were too obviously wrong. And then every now and then the music is just like, 
<laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> no. That was really weird for no reason. Yeah. For a long time, and, and it was real long and real shrill, and it never and they, fit. They would only do it when they were showing basically nothing. Yeah. So they'd be like, they'd pan over to basically an orange cloud, and they'd be like, "Wow!" Yeah. <laughs> Just for a minute. Yeah. And I'm like, "What Why? is this? What is happening?" Yeah, uh, I found it very weird. It was weird. There were some parts that I thought there were some aspects of it that I thought were super interesting. And I was like, I wish we could just, you know, explore this a little bit. And then they would just turn. I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to talk about Blade Runner. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's an airplane movie. Okay. So uh-huh. anyway, it's so an we, airplane movie. We get to Rick to Reykjavik at, you know, six in the morning, take a sulfur shower, which was something. You know, help you wake up though. <laughs> I got to say, I still it's can't quite wrap my mind around this, that they're just like somehow tapping into Volcano. They literally just water. Like, there's just a card, and it's like, don't freak out when the hot water just smells like eggs because it's geothermal it's water. It's silver. It's you know. Where, um, so I don't know what they're doing over there. Who knows? But cool. we arrive, and then we're like, okay, we need to stay up now for basically you know, at least twelve hours. Got to stay up till seven p.m. That was the goal. And so you know, last year we went to China with with her family, um, with my wife's family. We we managed to stay up and not like we did everything correctly, and then we were fine for the rest of the trip. Uh, the rest of her family like went out to eat and like ended up sleeping early, and they were just kind of messed up for like yeah. four more days. You gotta, so you got to immediately adjust your schedule. Yes, yeah, so we're like we're gonna do this, and so the goal then was just to keep moving right for basically twelve hours. And so we go, we just wander into downtown Reykjavik, the capital city, uh, and then we find like go to all the tourist things and get the little maps, and so we're just kind of looking at stuff and doing shops and things. And we found the Philological Museum, which it's it's the Museum of Penises. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought that was. I've seen this on Reddit, I think, if you're just like somewhere on the internet a few times. And I have to admit, like as soon as I saw it in the pamphlet, I was like, we have to go. (laughs) So so for this this trip, the the TTP was almost immediate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So uh, the best part was we go in there with uh, with Diana's mother and brother, so Wendy. And one Dan. of those family events. A family event. Go down there. Look at some dicks. And, <laughs> and, you know, you never know how, you know, people who are your, you know, your elders, you know, in, in, a, in a society are going to react to this sort of thing. But I was like, I need to go see this museum. And Diana's mom was like, okay, sure, let's go. And Diana was like, I don't think she quite – I'm not sure if she 100% knows what we're going to. And then we get our tickets and stuff and they give you a little audio guide. That you like wear and watch. Is it and earbuds that you are like little dicks? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a missed opportunity. Oh man, they missed it. Uh, wait, so we get our tickets and we go in there and then you know, Dinah's mom is like so adorable and she's just super into she's just, you know, got her headset and she's like just learning about taking dicks. her time. Just like and yeah, so they have like narwhal junk, they got like a blue whale piece. Just uh-huh. they, it's like six feet tall. Do they talk about any non mammalian ones? Uh, no. Because there's a lot of weird shit going on in the non-mammalian world. even the mammalian I mean, we're still going on there too, definitely. Also, they have a bunch of what are called pizzle sticks, which I didn't know. A pizzle stick. A pizzle stick. A pizzle. Which is you take a bull penis Uh that you remove from the bull, and then basically they dry it and wrap it around a stick, and then you hit people with it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even kidding. To what what end? Is it more effective than hitting somebody with a non-bull penis? No, I think it probably just, it has some extra, you know, shameful sting to it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, so this is a pizzle stick. What? Yeah, this is like a Spanish so, thing. So, what's a swizzle stick then? Is this somehow related? What is a swizzle stick? I don't know. That's a thing, though. It's probably. It's, it's like a, I think it's a, it's for stirring I'm gonna, something. I'm stirring gonna, drinks, I, maybe. 
I gotta say, I'm, I'm out of my <laughs> realm of depth. expertise here. <laughs> but anyways, that was sick. That was amazing. And then, um, you know, we kind of got into it and ended up finally going to bed. And then the rest of the trip was just sort of hopping from you know ridiculous natural wonder to the next one every hour or so. Yep. So it was really cool. I mean, Iceland's a uh, you know I've seen plenty of pictures of it, and I think it's one of those things where feeling the space is a very different experience than just seeing pictures of it, of course. Mm-hmm. And just the the sort of expansiveness of it is something else. And then the fact that it's got volcanic soil means that everything just feels higher contrast than right. anywhere else that I've been. Uh, and then we saw the glaciers, which is just just weird. Just yeah, it's good you saw them now since they won't be there. That's exactly what I was while. thinking. And they showed a picture from like 50 years ago because there's a lake now. But that didn't – used it, to be a lake. It used yeah. to be the glacier. <laughs> so yeah. The glacier just kind of moved back like a half mile. Yeah. Um, and there's just these huge chunks of ice. And one of them flipped over while we were there. It was just sitting there and then it was like – I just <laughs> You just sort of flipped over and they're blue. They're so blue. And I don't, yep. don't understand why. I don't understand what's happening there. But I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was watching one of those uh, – Is that called calving when they break off yeah, like that? So. Yeah. 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 I was watching I think Our Planet – I think mm-hmm. is one one of the one of those shows, but they were they were showing. It's one I think it, that's the depressing one, right? Where it's like yeah. every episode is about how fucked the, yeah. the world is. Um, but they were saying they were doing one where they were talking about you know glaciers and, and they were doing Arctic or Antarctic stuff, mm-hmm. whichever side. Um, but they showed one of those from like they, they were in a helicopter. They, they you could see a seal that was like a little speck next to this and just fucking enormous, enormous you know ice shelf. And then this piece comes off. No, sorry, no, there was a, there was a piece just in the water, just like floating, mm-hmm. right? Again, this little dot of a seal. And then it just suddenly, for yep. apparently no reason, just starts to flip over. But it, because it was so huge, it was really hard to interpret scale, you know, yeah, in this yeah. context. But it was so huge that the, the ocean seemed to be boiling around it, right? Like it was just like it was just like boiling, <laughs> <and> boiling, <laughs> and this thing's flipping over, and then just has this like violent explosion, basically it loops Whoa. up, and there's water flying everywhere. And I was like, "Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> that is wild." Yeah, the piece we saw do that was about the size of a semi. Yeah, and it was like sort of near. It was under this bridge thing where the where the lake basically connects to the water. And it was just sitting there, and then you hear we heard people going "whoa," and we look <laughs> over, and it's just like blah, 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 and it flips over. <laughs> Stayed in the same spot, so I don't know what it was doing. It was just getting some sun getting on its belly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that was that was very very interesting. And then uh, the return back was probably one of the most ridiculous, just general flight experiences I've had, as far as. You know, all of the things that you just don't want to happen to you, we, we just had, we just did all of them. We were yeah. like, let's just do that. Mm-hmm. So on the way back, uh, they have, you know, we're going through customs in Reykjavik's airport, which by the way is like slammed because I don't, they haven't been able to scale fast enough with just like, if you look at their graph of how many tourists have, are coming into the country, it's literally like a sweeping upward line. Yeah, what happened? Five years. What was the thing? I don't know. I I have no idea. Okay, because <laughs> um, maybe I just, flights got cheap or something. Well, yeah. they did. They've they did something where they they did a really smart campaign called my stopover, where basically in oh. European or American flights swapping continents, yeah. they would say stopover in Iceland for a couple of days, and they give you like discounts on hotels and stuff. And I think that's kind of what started it because people like it's a six hour trip to Iceland. Yeah, and people don't really think of it as like a place that they're just going to. Right, or and just so they would, anyway. they'd be like, okay, on my way to Europe, instead of having to fly like 15 hours and be totally messed up, I'll stop over in Iceland, stay for a few days, and then hop over. Um, and apparently that was very successful to the point where it's like – Then everybody gets home and they're talking about how fucking how wacky wild Iceland, it is. Yeah. yeah, and so – yeah, their, their infrastructure is just kind of slammed, at least in the airport. And so – uh, they have a bunch. We go through customs and we're like scanning our little our uh, you know boarding passes. And Dinah and I get through. We're fine. And then Dinah's brother goes and scans his boarding pass. 
and it's like, Wah! and then some security people come over and they're, they're like, sir, that's not your boarding pass. And he's like, what? He's 14. He's like, yeah, it is. Uh, and they're like, you're not Diana. And he's like, what? And then he downloaded everyone's boarding pass on his phone. Yeah. And then when he hit the picture to pull it up, instead of pulling up his, it just pulled up a random one. That's <laughs> yeah. how this like short okay. feature works. <laughs> and so he scanned Diana's ID and so got like flagged by the security. So security just whisks him and Diana's dad. They're just they're just gone now. Okay. They were like, they'll meet you downstairs. We're like, oh shit. Okay. And so now, you know, Diana, myself, and and her mom all go downstairs and we're waiting. It's like 10 minutes go by. And we're like, where's the rest of our family located? <laughs> And then uh, the best part was they, they finally show up and they have a security guard with them and they have to see the, the uh, passports. So the, apparently what happened was that, you know, they pull him aside and they ask Dan the, the classic questions. They're like – and he doesn't know that – of course, he's 14. He doesn't know that you need to always answer the same with these airport questions regardless of sort of the, the nuance of the facts here, which is, did you pack your own bag? And he's like – I, I mean, I don't know because his you know, mom packed it for him. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, do you know it's in your bag? And he's like, I, no. <laughs> and then they're like, do you have your passport? And he's like, no, because my mom has it. My mom has it. And she got, <laughs> she got pushed through security. So, yeah. right. so now <laughs> so his brother and dad are trapped in insecurity without their passports. And so that's why they send them with a security guard. So, so, so Dan's mom has everyone's passports. Yeah. yeah this, this is like the classic travel move. Exactly, yeah. Uh, someone's got to hold all someone's the someone's got everything and so it was just hilarious <laughs> we're like oh my god and then we get through we finally get through that uh, we get through this super long line to actually board the plane walk through some part of the facility come up and we thought we were like you know going to exit and you have to walk out to the airplane but we come up this escalator and everyone who was just in line is now just in line over here because apparently we're, we're now waiting for a bus to take us over to the airplane but this escalator like what do escalators do they just keep on moving right and so yeah, people, people at the bottom, on it. No. people at the bottom can't see that at the top it's full, right? Yeah. And so oh, people no. are getting on at the bottom. Oh no! <laughs> and the escalator so just keeps packing just people. people. <laughs> and so people start getting like unreal. People are getting angry. And so we Stop finally getting on the escalator. There's finally, some bad designs going on. It was on wild. This. We finally make it through there. Uh, we get on the airplane, uh, and the flight starts going. And you know we're fine. I like I load up one of these flight movies. I'm like, let's go. And uh, and then about. You know, fast forward five hours, flight's been okay. And then Diana suddenly gets extremely uh, nauseous. And <laughs> it goes like – After like five hours? After five hours. Wow. And goes rummaging through, you know, like all the uh, packets of stuff that you got in, in front of you in the pockets and finds uh, – like they have like a plastic folder that is actually holding like all their tours materials. And I think she <laughs> she mistook it for like the barf bag. <laughs> so she just <laughs> – just empties this thing out and then just hurls in this thing. And so we're just oh, sitting no. there. She's like, ugh. <laughs> on her face. And we're like, oh, my God, this is horrible. So we land, um, you know, get her off the flight, uh, get into Boston. That was that was fine. But, of course, we got randomly searched, which I noticed conveniently. Like, I walked by the yep. customs people just fine. And they saw the rest of my family who's Chinese. And they were like, hey, you know, get over here. And so, um, so <laughs> check us out. We finally get home. And then that was that was Saturday. So we just we just moved to Boston on Saturday, and then we got back to St. Louis uh, on Sunday. And that was just the whole other half of the thing, which was our flight ends up getting delayed for like three or four hours, which means we didn't get in at 11 p.m. We got in at 3 a.m. Yep, uh, last night. night. And then on top of that, um, as we're like as we're going into, uh, we're basically trying to figure out how to sleep on this 
this aircraft because we're like, we need to. Now it's middle of the night. Because now it's middle of the night. Again, we have to try to sleep. So we, we get a little bit of sleep. Uh, and then, of course, the baby starts crying. Uh, who's mm-hmm. just sitting right in front of us at like 1 a.m. on this aircraft. Uh, we finally get home and we're just kind of like screaming and just, you know, internally convulsing, <laughs> get our bags, start walking. And on the final descent, like we're walking down the stairs to go to where we've called an Uber, ready to go. And I'm holding one of our carry-on bags, which is big enough that I can't – I'm holding it with my arms out as opposed to slung on my back because I'm just tired at this point. Yeah. And so I can't see my feet 100%. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the final step onto the level ground, I – You're going down? I'm uh, going down okay. to get to the Uber. I missed the fact that there was a step there uh-huh. or not a step. And so I – just come down on the side of my foot and just roll the shit out of my ankle. <laughs> and so immediately I'm just like, fuck! <laughs> this is three o'clock in the morning. Three right? o'clock in the morning. After this oh, just a horrendous adventure. And then, uh, yeah, we got home and we're like, I am never. We just never want to travel again. <laughs> that was it. We're done. Oh, man. Yeah. That's how I always feel. And then <sighs> by the time a year goes by, I like, forget. It sounds really nice to go to. Uh, yeah. Like, let's go across the world again. I honestly never feel like that. But sometimes you just have to, though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Family trip. But, but it's yeah. weird because, like, no matter how bad the flight is, you would never – if somebody was like, hey, why don't you come with my family to this mm-hmm. country and across the world and it's going to be fun and, like, we'll help cover expenses or something like that. And you wouldn't be like, no. Yeah. Because I'm done flying for the rest of my yeah. life. You would never do that. <laughs> no, you got to go. You'd still go, but you'd, it would just suck the whole time. Honestly, that was because my – my wife's home is also going on a family trip coming up pretty soon, also on the other side of the planet. Mm-hmm. And my first response was no. Yeah. And it was only after like a week of thinking about it being like, I just really should, you yeah. know? Like yeah. Because it's a family trip. I should participate and all that kind of stuff. And if it was anywhere else, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> but it's on the other side of the planet. And I have nothing against the other side of the planet. It's the getting there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the, the getting there yeah. and the getting back. Yeah, it's you fine know. once you're there. It's a great place. Yeah. The other side of the planet. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah, this is a great trip. Yeah, I'll be going uh, to India uh, yeah, in November as well. So yep. we'll be, you know, it's always it's always a struggle <laughs> getting getting places. But like we were talking about Ugh. yesterday, you know, it used to be that you'd be on a boat for three months and you'd probably be dead by the time. Yeah, I mean, things are better. <laughs> it's better than it was marginally. Uh, but you know, uh, and then also, Adam, you didn't eat meat. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so or you ate not meat. I ate not meat would be more accurate. <laughs> um, well, they're both true. They're both true. Uh, so this this is completely unrelated to anything else we've been talking about. But it was uh, it was something that, that we were talking about before the podcast started, which was yeah. So we had to slot it in here. Yeah, because we're talking about Fourth of July. Like you know, people are out barbecuing and grilling stuff and whatever. And my wife and I were at home uh, trying out different interesting veggie alternative things because the, the big one is the Beyond Meat burger. Beyond thing. and Impossible are the two big yeah. brands. Right? But the Beyond Meat one is one that's in grocery stores. And it kind of just like – it appeared like a month ago and then more recently it's been more apparent and then it also was on sale last week because it's actually way more expensive than meat currently. Uh, and so so we got some. We got some some veggie chicken nuggets and uh, we're just like, let's just, let's just try these out. This seems like a fun food adventure. You know? How do you cook them? Just like the regular way. Just throw them on a grill? Just fucking regular way. Throw them on a grill, throw them on a skillet, however you want to do it. Do you even need to cook them? Because they're just vegetables, right? They're vegetables, but but they've been made so that they feel like meat. So like they're all pink, you know? Mm. 
and they're they're one of their big things is they're is, is they have this like fake basically like plant blood <laughs> so that so that when you cut it open it's like there's like red in there you know cool and it's like pink on the inside <laughs> i mean they did a really like it's a they did a spectacular job of making this thing look and seem like a burger um but we had this thing and as we were eating it, we were talking about it. we were just so it was really good first of all. But then we were just talking about it. And we we're trying to like, we were trying to identify the differences of like okay, how is this actually different from you know from a meat patty? And then the more we were talking about it, the more I started to step back and think like wait. So we're focusing on the differences here. But if I, somebody had just served me this, just like served me this burger, yeah, like the one that I just burger. ate, uh, would I would I think to question it or would I just be like oh that was a good burger you know? And I'm pretty sure I wouldn't. I'm pretty sure yeah. I wouldn't have noticed. Like if if I was looking for differences, I could find them. You can always find differences in what sure, you're looking yeah, yeah. for, right? Uh, but if somebody had just served me one of these, I would just be like, "Well, yeah, that was, that was a good burger." Well, that would be the end of it. And I might I might have some thoughts like, because so so when you're anytime you're eating meat, the texture is always different depending on how it's cooked and how it's prepared and whatever, right? Especially when it's ground stuff, yeah. right? And that's thing something that we're always paying attention to and commenting about is like how how juicy was the burger? How like how much stuff was in there? What's whatever the mouth feel. Yeah. So so, <laughs> so there's a, there's actually already a huge range of differences, and I and I and I I'm really confident that something like these these fake burgers actually fit within that range somewhere right hmm. it's just that now when you identify those like variations when you're like when you're identifying it on the spectrum you now associate all of those things with the fact that it's not a real hamburger right instead of just being like oh yeah it's on it's on a spectrum just like burgers normally are right. so it was Interesting. It was interesting, and and after so after we so we had these a few times we had these fake chicken nuggets and I, and I hate chicken nuggets I think they're garbage food normally but these were good. Like, mm. I mean, good for chicken nuggets, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is that just, maybe it was especially because they didn't have any chicken. Well, I think that's exactly it. I think it's exactly when I, when we had an elevated. A, thing. Yeah. And a few weeks ago we had, we had veggie corn dogs, which were the same deal. It was like, I haven't had a corn dog since then. Exactly. I I, yeah, I neither. It had been so long. And I had this thing and I was like, I wouldn't want to eat cause it, it's just like a, it's clearly still garbage food. Right. But, <laughs> but compared to my memory of what, a, what a corn dog is, I was like, this was good in the, in the the texture was like just slightly. I was a little too soft, you mm. know, for like the little fake hot dog that was mm. in there. But remarkably accurate. Otherwise, like the taste was pretty, awesome. pretty dang spot on. The, it was. It had this like kind of rubbery texture. Here's a question for you because I know this is the the general trend that people are wanting to see and that appears to be happening is away from actual meat products just because of the sheer like climate weight that raising any bovines generally has yeah. to do. So, do you think it'll be the case since they implemented basically fake plant blood? Uh-huh. In these burgers, that there will be children, maybe like thirty years in the future, who think that plants bleed red. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, probably. Is this going to be one of those like you have that button on your phone, which is for it's answering the phone, the phone that yeah, is yeah. shaped like a weird banana? Yeah. <laughs> or, of, or when you save, a or when you yeah. save things, there's a weird there's a floppy disk. rectangle with another rectangle. Yeah, yeah. What is that? Is it going to be one of those? It probably will be. Well, and, but I think you know, as I was as I was, as I was eating this stuff, I was like, yeah, if, if I could just because it was also easier to chew and it was easier to eat, and of course I got like a shitty throat and other stuff. It's going to so. be better for you, probably. It's, Almost guaranteed yeah. be better for you. So, so seeing this stuff, and I was like, if this was cheaper, just why? Why would we? Yeah. Why would we actually? Eat I meat? honestly wouldn't eat meat. I think I wouldn't. It was because I mean, it's for me, it's a matter of convenience. It's yeah. Like if you if you want yeah. protein uh, at an affordable rate, then that's what meat is. Yeah. Right. Yep. But if you got options, then you should just yeah. not, not kill things. Yeah. So I'm really, ho- I'm <laughs> really hoping. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm really hoping they bring the price of this stuff down. Cool. Um, I, I feel like this is probably similar to – because I, I tried soy milk a long time ago, and I was like, ugh, this is – Soy milk, ugh. I was like, yeah. this is terrible. This doesn't taste anything like milk. Yep. But those two statements 
don't make sense together. Yeah. There's a mm-hmm. lot of things that are delicious that don't taste anything <laughs> like milk. But I was looking for something to be an exact yeah, replacement. Right. And it sh- and in my mind, I'm like, it's supposed to be a milk replacement. It should just taste exactly like milk. Yep. Um, as but opposed to just being its own. As opposed to just being its own it thing. It's just its own thing. And so then once I, once I got over that and I just started drinking soy milk, just period, uh, then I realized, actually, I like it a lot better than milk. And it's better for me. It's got way less sugar in it. Oh, yeah. It has one eighth of the sugar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So drinking a glass of milk is like drinking a can of Coke, basically. Yeah. Well, uh, and on that note, there's a, there's another alternative, which is uh, using using wheat, I want to say. Wheat milk? Wheat milk? Or wheat milk? Yeah, it's like there's wheat, almond milk. There's all milk. kinds of oat milk. milk. Yeah, yeah, oat milk is a new milk. one I saw in the store the other day. Yeah, like, so, so, we, so we also – Jenny had been – my wife had been hearing about this. And so when we, were, when we were just doing our little food adventure, then we – also grab some of that because supposedly it's like people are saying it's they tend to like it a lot more than all of the other alternatives and, mm-hmm. t- and tend to think it actually seems a lot more like actual cow yeah. milk, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we got it, and then and I would actually agree, like it, it was it was much closer to cow's milk than all the other ones. But then you look at the you look at the uh, like what's in it, and it's basically like also just as unhealthy as that side. Just so it's, like, it's just a bunch of sugar, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so, so we're like, okay, well, yeah, if you, if you really were truly looking for a, a milk alternative, then I can see that, that being the thing. But if you were actually trying to just drink healthier liquids, <laughs> right. then you then, you should not do that, actually. Yeah. You should probably stop looking for alternatives and just get something else, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting how people get hung up on these things in terms of, like, if you're, if you're going to trade meat for bleh, then what you trade it for should be completely indistinguishable from the <laughs> right. original thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. why though? But I do, I do think what there's if it's something just good and it's fine. Yeah. I think yeah. there's something to be said for trying to approximate it in some way where you then still accept that it's different. Right. Uh, because, because also you know, the kinds of things that we know about, like in terms of food is all the stuff that we grew up eating. Right. So yeah. when it comes to like yeah. knowing how to cook stuff, you there's know, a transition like, period. Yeah. And, and even if, even you could say, okay, well this thing is, is, so close to chicken, you can basically use it in recipes as if it's chicken. Right. And yeah, it, mo- it won't taste exactly right. so the same. You don't have to learn anything. You don't have to learn anything. Exactly. You don't have to learn how to add it. Because like cooking just straight like pure vegetarian food uh, or or eat, and certainly vegan food is really hard because it's an entirely new yeah. domain of, of knowledge and skills that come to cooking that you then have to like go off and learn and figure out how do you piece these things together for nutritional. So you're saying these patties are basically the gateway drug. Exactly. Yeah. To- Gotcha. Well, I, think well I don't think it's not even the gateway drug. I think if, if the more of this kind of thing that we have, uh, the more acceptance that you'll get for uh, for alternatives that are more approximate, right. right? And and the more things that you can literally just substitute into into dishes that you'd otherwise normally eat, uh, I think we're going to be in a really good spot where you just don't you just don't. It's you actually it's just it. so convenient to not eat meat that then why would right. you? Right. That's the that's the key. Yeah. Remember one time I was looking into veganism because I was like, this seems interesting. And I stumbled across this uh, this guy who who goes by the handle like the vegan bodybuilder, like that's his mm. thing because he is a professional bodybuilder, but he's also a vegan. And his whole thing is like people say that you can't get enough protein, right. and so like mm. I'm here to prove that wrong. But the thing is, he's like half my size <laughs> because he's like a very like lightweight, low, low weight class right. bodybuilder because he can't, he still can't like get enough. And right. like he showed he showed his. Uh, his meal prep, and he like he has so much food that he has to try to eat. Is it like an elephant? It's just sort like, of like tons, so bale? many beans. Yeah. Like he's just got piles <laughs> of beans. Of beans. Um, and so, yeah. But like, if you could, if you could easily swap out something mm-hmm. for meat and then just still be fine, then I'd do it. Yep, yep. I'd do it in heartbeat. Uh, let's talk about the Shenanah Jam. It's coming. It's coming this weekend. Yeah, so that means 
two days. Yeah, you're gonna listen to this podcast, and then you have two days, yeah. and then you'll have two days that are gonna be the best days. Now, yeah. for the first game jam that Sam ever did, mm-hmm. he had two days of prep. I did tutorials for four hours the night before. Four hours the night before, so you still got plenty of time. If you yeah. got two days, you're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the Shenanigans Jam, just go to shenanigans.com, sign up. It's our game jam. It's coming. We've been talking about it the past few episodes, but if you're a new listener, we just go back and listen to those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really good. repeat ourselves. Yeah. Jeez. Come on. We're busy. It'll be great. And uh, we decided, you know, we've we've done a lot of crazy stuff for jams over the years. You know, we've made, we made all the things that we thought you weren't supposed to make from tower defense games to uh, you know, a card battling multiplayer game to last year we made a we made Goop Legacy, Goop which Legacy. is uh, you make a goop and then you blend it with other goops. You know, some you weirdly know, that, one, that one is a bit indescribable. I think, <laughs> I think our goals there were focused on the art. It was a combination of uh, we wanted to do. What some were we trying r- to accomplish? We wanted to do some rumpus integration. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it was yeah, higher quality, lower in the volume of art, right? And then rumpus integration and replayability yeah. and replayability. Yeah. And then this year, uh, well, we're going to make an MMO. Yeah. yeah, we joked about this last time, and then. After the podcast, Adam and I were like, (laughs) (laughs) what would it it, carry? Could we, though? And so last Saturday, or I guess two Saturdays ago, we're on a weird recording schedule Mm -hmm. now, but but, uh, a couple days after we recorded the last podcast, Adam and I came into the office on Saturday afternoon, and then from like 2 p.m. to 8 p.m., basically. To 9. To 9 p.m. 9 is when it was delivered on the internet. Yeah. Uh, we we built a fully functioning prototype MMO. <laughs> it had everything you need. Where you could walk around and and chat. chat. You couldn't so, do anything. So you, yeah. you could walk around. You could chat. You could see your. You could see other people. Yeah, and that and that was us like figuring out how the pieces come together. And now that we know that, of course, we could get back up to that point in like an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's then it's off to the races. So that means we're doing it. I want to say it's very funny because I saw you guys. I when I got back, I checked through Discord to kind of see what the conversation has been, and I saw like brief mention on Adam's part about like figuring out how to set up a server or something happening. Mm-hmm. But there's no comment about this happening. There's just a Dropbox link, which of course I didn't click because there's no I didn't know what the hell it was. <laughs> and then I called Seth to kind of get caught up on what you know what the week had been like, and uh, he's like, "Oh yeah, we made an MMO." I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? You made an MMO?" He's like, "There's this link. Did you not see the link?" And I was like, "What link? <laughs> <laughs> just this random, completely non-dressed up Dropbox link?" And so I booted up, and then yeah, we just like there's nothing to do. Yep, you just walk around, but we we're just walking around, and I was like, "This is amazing." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna do it. Yeah. yeah. So so our definition of of what sort of allows for something to be an MMO is this idea that there's a persistent server. That you connect to world. So no player is the host. The world is the host. And so you connect to this world that continues to exist, whether anybody's in it or not. Um, And any number of arbitrary number of people can connect up to some cap at which point the server explodes. Yeah. And we're not going to do any scaling as in. This thing is going to be raw. It's going to be raw. So (laughs) so that whole thing, like you will just be able to add players until the server melts. And and presumably we're not going to optimize it either. So like if, if all 400, whatever of the Shenanigans jam participants join Mm -hmm. this thing, it's probably going to melt. Yep. But maybe it won't. Maybe it won't. (laughs) We don't don't know. know. We don't know anything. anything. The thing is it, it can't become too complex of a, of a game. Because it's over a weekend. Yeah. Right. So so the server logic really actually can't be that complex. So 
it actually might be able to support a pretty large number of players. Yeah, so I don't really player. know what kind of game it's going to be. We gotta wait till we get the theme no. or anything. And I gotta so and what I've been doing is is remaking the server side code to make a generic a generic MMO server. Um, so that mm-hmm. once we hit the once we hit the jam, we just have that ready to go. So I, I streamed for like four hours on s- Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sometime. Friday. I don't know. It was a four day weekend, so yeah, it's hard to time tell. Was very confusing. <laughs> what day was what? Um, but yeah, so I just I just streamed kind of the initial part of like how, putting this the logic together of making the sort of baseline of this thing. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do any more of that, but it won't matter anyway because this podcast comes out after I'll be done with mm-hmm. all of it. Yeah. So yeah. who cares? So maybe maybe some of you saw it, maybe you didn't. I'm I don't know. So excited. But I was say. I was laughing because because we did it, and I was like, that was super easy. And then I was thinking more about it. I was like, actually, it probably wasn't. But you know, since I've been programming games for a decade, <laughs> yeah, exactly. been programming yeah. web development for five years. It's yeah. like, all right, it's easy after you have done all that. Well, it's also yeah, we've talked about it before, but getting something that just that works enough is very, very different. Well, yeah, even even while I was streaming, because you know, I was because then I was talking through everything that I was doing. And so as I was doing that, I kept on realizing things like, oh yeah, if we were doing this in production, yeah, this would totally then yeah. yeah, then we would have to do this, this, and this instead, and you know, and 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 basically saying that there's literally no security procedures at all that we're doing. Yeah. This thing's um, going to be so hackable. Yeah. There's going to be, <laughs> there, there might be some simple ones that we could do, but like just, just to have them in there, yeah. you know, for like just, just a little bit. Um, but even, but even stuff like error handling, the, the, the prototype that we made, uh, it's basically just like on the server side, it just goes through some cases. And then on the last case, it's just like, cool. I'll just broadcast this to everybody. Like if, mm-hmm. if it can't figure out what else it's supposed to do. Right. Uh, and that's it. But there, there's, there's no, in the case where, like, like let's say you get a request that that because of its structure, it says, "Hey, I'm a new player and I want to join the world." Right? Um, it's possible for that request to still be malformed, and the server would be able to tell. Right? Well, we also had several times, but it doesn't where- actually check. It just it's just like cool, and then it just does the next thing. <laughs> and so I was like, we don't even have any. Nope, we have no error handling nope. at all. And we also had a point where, like, I sent the wrong thing to the server. Server just crashed. <laughs> yeah. The whole server died. No, the, all like, of it. Apparently, this is like this is something that happened in Fallout seventy six at the, in the early oh, days, where like yeah. if somebody used a nuke, the whole server would crash. <laughs> it, was like, it was a nuke, to be fair. It was That's a nuke, bad. so that tracks. Yeah. So, 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 so we'll have we can, to make it a little bit as long as it can stay up. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's all we need. So, so if, actually, if the, all we the have trigger is a, part is going to be the persistent world part because yeah. we need to make sure the server can reboot itself and and all this and kind of stuff. Remember. But the question is like, because I think the the ultimate goal for me is I don't know what the gameplay is going to be, but the ultimate goal is that if you that you're going to sign in using Rumpus, right? Because we're going to have that integrated. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. sign in using Rumpus, and then if you come back to this MMO, your character like a month later, there. your character still has all of its stuff. I don't know, <laughs> but the character is still, still as big as it was. Yeah. Whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever, the situation is whatever its state was, that state is maintained. And then, and that's and that the world itself, like, is either designed in such a way that the, if the world reboots and just has to like repopulate everything, then that's fine. Um, or that the world actually is also maintaining state so that mm-hmm. between if the, if the server crashes or if we put out a new version or whatever, we still get to have all of that. We so, got to make an MMO where when you level up, you get bigger. And then what happens is actually if the camera also zooms out, so mm, so it's like a, a Gario RPG, right? So like situation. so like you're just a per, you're a person, but a real big one. Uh-huh. And then what you'll see is little specks walking around, and those are the <laughs> other players who have just yep. started. And what they see is just like your toe. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure out what this game's yeah. gonna be. So but. I think I'm gonna actually I'm gonna do a fair bit of initial work ahead of time, basically to make it so that we can easily deploy the server side thing because if I have to spend like six hours wrangling deployment code or something during yeah, the jam it's going to be really bad I will say like one of my dreams has always been to make an MMO just because the for some reason it's just because it's the space it's where magic. you actually get to hang out with people 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just amazing. You could, you, and it, what makes an MMO great is you don't have to play the game. You can just be there. Yeah. You know, like you can just be in the world hang out. and just be hanging out and it's fine. You know, you don't have to be going a mile a minute. Maybe we should make a fishing MMO. Yes. You know? <laughs> Everybody's in a little boat. And, and you just and, yeah, and you just play like a little fishing mini game or something. Yeah. Be, that would make it easy because we wouldn't have to do a lot of state state. Yeah, right? so there'll yeah. be a central hub where you go in for fishing competition. It'll be like fishing competition. Oh yeah, and you bring in your fish and, like, in. <laughs> and you enter them into the yes. competition. <laughs> Shit, I'm into it. Let's fucking do it. Let's fucking but, do it, boys. <laughs> it's got to match with the themes though, so we can't we can't plan ahead of time. But that's you know it's against the spirit. Oh, of the right. We'll just change what the fish are. <laughs> <laughs> We always loosely adhere to the themes yeah, anyways. That is true. Uh, so the most important thing is making something. Yep. All right. So anyway, shenanajam.com, do it, and then play our MMO at the end. That's going to be the thing. <laughs> yep. Um, otherwise, for level head, so we don't quite know what's coming next because Sam was in Iceland. Mm-hmm. We'll probably um, be sitting down after this podcast and figuring all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I, I do think that probably one of the things that's coming in this next round is some kind of hundred gr18 challenge style random level thing thing yeah people want to play random levels yeah so let's talk about what this means because this is hilarious to me because it's, it's, it's been it's been baffling internally well, no, yeah. it's, no it's not bad it's it's from our perspective it's obviously weird but from a player perspective it, it seems like a missing feature right. yeah because basically the the demand is like i want to play random levels that's yeah. what people say. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what we see on our end is like every level is random. <laughs> right. yeah. Like every time you play a level, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what the fuck is coming. Um, and you can go any, like anywhere. You, you can, can sort by anything. Yeah. You go to the tower, yeah. like sort by least played. Boom. There's a bunch mm-hmm. of random That's levels. pretty fucking random. You're like, oh, go to the next page. There's another bunch of random <laughs> levels. Yeah. There's thousands and thousands of random levels. in this context just means you have, you don't know what it is. You don't you know what's see, coming. Random yeah. just means you don't know what's coming. That's it. Right. That's but all it because is. of the fact that all of the current ways that you play levels have a structure where you get to choose. Well, not even. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that, to, me, to me, it's, it's the choice. Because like you go to the tower trial. That's six random levels. Mm-hmm. Yep. You go to the There's only one tower trial. Right. You, know? you go to the marketing department. That's 10 random levels. But they're sorted by exposure bucks. Yep. So in a player's mind, those aren't random. Nope. They're sorted mm-hmm. by exposure bucks. Right. <laughs> and then, well, you, uh, so it's that. And then you compound that with the fact that now you get to choose which ones to play. Right. So right. so now you have to think about each one like separately. And spe- you know, like, so I, I think it's. It's it's that that the whole like not knowing what's going to happen thing is in degrees. Random randomness is not a thing. Randomness is a is a Spectrum. is a degree of unexpectedness, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And the question is always like, how unexpected should a thing be for for whatever task we're trying to accomplish, right? right. So, for example, you're trying to if you're if you're if you're programming, you're like, oh, I need a random. I just need a random string for this purpose, right? How random does it need to be? Does it need to be cryptographically random so that it's completely unpredictable, so that people can't hack it because right. it's a password, or does it just need to be not likely to be the same one that somebody else yeah. got. Like, but also, you know, where since you're at? a person, if you generate a random string and it came out a a a a a, you'd be like, "This isn't random," yep. even yep. though. So it do is. we right? So do we need to make it less <laughs> random so that it feels more random? Right. right. Uh, and and it's the same kind of a deal with like delivering levels to people. Yep. Is is do we actually need to make it in effect less random to make it feel more random? Right. Uh, or what was it that we need to do so that it's not that because you are getting random content. The question yes. is how do we deliver it to you in such a way so that that you agree that it's random. exactly. <laughs> and, so probably what we're gonna do. And it's, it's just, all about removing choice. Yeah. So there'll just be a button and you'll touch it. 
and then you'll get quote you'll unquote, get levels random <laughs> levels. And we're not going to tell you any. We're going to tell you jack shit about what's nope. how those levels are being served we'll up. Pull them out of a hat, but you won't be able to discern nope. at all. It's going to be so random. But I, but there's also that that <laughs> request of like I don't want to keep playing the same levels over and over again. Yep. Right. So like if you go to the market department, you hit play, and then you go to the next page and hit play, and the next page and hit play uh, on the on the playlist thing. You know, at a certain point, like let's say you come back the next day and you go back and some of those levels right. might it's still just be like there. It's just like browsing Reddit. Right. You don't want to keep opening the same links, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I think that's actually the important part of this mm. one. Yeah. And so so what we are going to be doing is taking into account like you're recently – so we store now like several hundred levels that you've recently played and several hundred that you've recently beaten and all that stuff. And so when we pull up random levels using this new feature – uh. We're going to pull up 10 levels and then we're going to cut out all the ones that you've already beaten. And then if we, if we still don't have enough, we'll go grab another batch of random levels and just like keep backfilling it Mm -hmm. until we get enough to make a 10 level playlist. Mm -hmm. Um, And the question is, should we be doing some kind of lives? Is there a, do you choose your difficulty? I don't fucking know. (laughs) We haven't figured that out yet. We're just getting started. So, but I I did, I did start with random. Yeah. But I did prototype the feature um, and it works great, but where I prototyped it on a dev server. Yep. And all the levels are very random. They're, they're the QA, QA they're QA yeah. test levels mostly. Yeah. So it's like one of our QA internal QA testers would find some broken mechanic and they like make a level to demonstrate it. And then that's, so that's what I was playing <laughs> yeah. uh, as I was testing those, but I think it'll work. So mm-hmm. that's coming up. Um, and then we also have steam login coming. Yeah. Yep. So we got it. We got a few things we're working on. Um, I think, I think we're going to be focusing in the near term a lot more on some of these like meta level features. Yeah, we'll get a bit more of the social components, I think. Yeah. Uh, fixed in. And then we might need to kick out to a slightly longer dev schedule sometime soon because some of the some of the things that we want to do are bigger yet than yeah. uh, than even the current stuff we're doing. So, But we're still on two still weeks on for two now. Weeks, yeah. We'll see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. So that's where level head is. We'll have more news, I'm sure, next week since now we're all back. Yep. So we'll figure that out. Uh, let's get on some questions. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. First question comes from Woland77. Brother Scotch. Playing through Levelhead, I have had the most profound sense of thinking, wow, these hitboxes be some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but also remembering thinking that same thing when I was a child and playing NES platformers. I didn't know they were called hitboxes when I was seven, but you get that. <laughs> as uh, a precocious child. <laughs> how, do you, how do you as designers use the shape of hitboxes to fine-tune difficulty? Did you change the shape of any baddies in Levelhead during the design process specifically to address difficulty levels? Ooh, yeah. So just to, to back it up, what a hitbox is, so you'll have your sprite, which is the picture that gets shown on screen. So that'll That's be – The sprite's the thing you see. Yeah, so it'll be like, oh, GR18. He's the little robot guy. He's round. But is he? So in the code, <laughs> the code actually has, if you think about each of the things running around on screen, think about just like a wire that would go around the sort of where that thing actually touches other things. Yeah. Because the question is like, so you can draw a thing on screen and you can draw another thing on screen. But how do you actually know if those two things are touching yeah. each other? So the hitbox determines that. So you can choose hitboxes of a variety of, of shapes and sizes and, and you can actually make really complex ones if you want. But the problem is with making complex ones is that they bog down your computational resources. Right. So, so they're usually hit boxes because they are usually rectangular. Boxes, yeah. Yep. And that, and that even cheap. extends to, you know, 3D games, you'll usually have a cylinder. Like a cylinder is the the form for a character. And yep. it'll be – Or a you, capsule. A capsule, yeah. And so usually you a cylinder with spheres on either end. Right. Yeah. So in most cases what happens is you don't actually want the hitbox to be outside of the visual sprite because this is where you get the the circumstance like, like Will and I'm saying – 
where you get the hitboxes based bullshit ones where you you as the character will walk next to something and you're not visibly as a player able to see that you're hitting it. Yeah. But you are, right? So most of the collision collision uh, these hitboxes inside level head are what you'd think of sort of inside it's almost like the skeleton. Like if you can't just come in a little bit from the visual the visible boundary, yeah. then that's where the hitbox lays. Right. So as far as why they'd be some bullshit, Seth, I don't know. Well, it's because it's because we have to find a middle ground between art and and mechanics. Yeah. And I think the flapjack is probably the best example. Yes. Uh, because the flapjack Which actually flapjack? that's the one that's like got a bounces. sack and it kind of bounces around. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the flapjack is shorter than the other enemies, um, and it's also shaped like a triangle. Like mm-hmm. it kind of is like narrower on the top and it's big on the bottom. And there was there was just no way to have a hitbox that actually fit this enemy. Yeah. Um, so there will be times, especially when you're fighting a flapjack, where you'll hit it kind of on the top, but like like sort of from the side, mm-hmm. and you'll feel like maybe you hit it on the top, but you died anyway. And like that's just how that's going to go sometimes. <laughs> yeah. well, because um, the the basic the tension there is that, of course, if you wanted complete complete uh, you know obvious parity with where the hitboxes are with the art, then you then you wouldn't have any differentiation in terms of silhouettes, right? Everything would just be a square. Everything would just be a square or like a circle. A, so if you look at the vac rats, the vac rats are a good example yeah. of something that very closely adheres to the, the hitbox because mm-hmm. they're pretty square shaped. Yeah. And so the, the problem is that players need to be able to t- easily tell the difference between various types of things. And one of the biggest uh, and easiest indicators of that from a visual standpoint is the silhouette. So what does a thing just, how do you kind of grok it from a initial, even like out of your periphery, how do you know that that thing is a flapjack or a pop job, whatever else? And having a variety of shapes is essentially required for really easy, fast readability, especially in a game that's as fast as something like Global Head. And so you naturally have these, uh, basically these tension points between uh, between something like programming and art in this particular case, where you have to find a middle ground and it never is perfect. Yeah. And some things are going to be less perfect than others, and that's fine. And mm-hmm. also hitboxes need to be symmetrical um, because you don't want it to be a case that yeah. like if a, if a character flips horizontally, uh, that then the hitbox morphs its shape where like a position that was totally fine is now all of a sudden deadly, you know. Um, so, so things need to be consistent. So there's a lot of like weird rules under the hood. And there's other stuff that we do where when you're, when you're fighting uh, or going against bad things, we, like Sam said, tuck the hitbox in. So you can like graze past a spike and your your visual sprite of your character is mm-hmm. totally in, in it in that spike. Yeah. But if you're not like really in it, then it's still fine. Right. But when it comes to to gems or, or power ups or good things that you can pick up, those actually have hitboxes that extend far beyond the, the yes. outside so that you can very easily like you don't even have to come close to touching it and mm-hmm. you'll still get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're and and all you players are out here. You're like, I'm so good. I'm so good at this game. <laughs> and you don't even know we got all these cheese rules behind yeah. the scenes. Oh, like, the basically, you're all just cheating, but it's all fine, the time because yeah. that's how we made it. A, <laughs> the hitbox, the, the way you plan your hitboxes is, is has to be equivalent to like how you think about the design of your, your like the player forgiveness and and just how easy it is to perform certain actions and how hard it is to perform certain actions and generally. You want it to be harder for the player to die than than they think it is. It's sort of yeah, like the yeah. easiest rule because the reality is if it's if it's a hundred percent correct, it is not fun. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels unfair. You know how in the unfair. movies there's always a door that's closing and then people squeeze through it, or like yeah. a spaceship flies through it. Yep, that's, and it's somehow you need that. and it somehow is always going the right speed, mm-hmm. always such that you can just the last moment, it. the last person or spaceship or whatever gets through the gap, it snaps shut. Yeah. 
that's how you want every yeah hitbox to be. The thing is, it feels absolutely amazing when you get that when you do that, right? When you yeah. slide under the door, and it feels absolutely terrible if it closes on you. Yeah, yeah. that's now. <laughs> but it's, yeah. This is all a reaction time thing, though, which is yeah. that which is that we don't process information fast enough for compared to computers, right? Yeah. So if a computer is doing perfect, you know, pixel perfect collisions where you see the boundaries of a thing and the boundaries of another thing, and those things are moving really fast towards each other. Uh, we have basically like a 15, or was it five or 15 millisecond lag in our brains? 15. 15 something like that. Um, between being able to process information, right? Which means that. That's a whole frame. That's right a whole there. frame. A lot happens in that little space of time before you can react fast enough to do something about it. But also that's, that's for post-processing too, right? Because now, now like the, what you remembered happening is not actually – it's just not ever what happened because it's just whatever your, mem- whatever your brain processed, right? But in the case of really fast-moving things, what you remember having happened is way more to do with what you wanted to have happen yes. than what actually happened. And so if you do have these these perfect mechanics that do exactly what they you know, quote-unquote should do, right, um, it's going to feel bad. It's going to feel unfair because the player is going to disbelieve you. They're yes. going to be like, well, I'm right because – I'm me, you know. <laughs> well, uh, I'm this, the hero. I'm the hero of this story. The easiest example is when when GR18 jumps up, we actually sort of squeeze his hitbox in because yeah. we have this problem where if you have uh, if we GR18 is about the same size as a tile, right, in the game, and so if a little you have narrower, but, yeah. a tiny bit narrower, and so if you have uh, if you have just a one tile gap where you're supposed to like jump up through something, up through a hole in the ceiling, without this sort of squeeze in that happens, it's super freaking hard to do and most people notice actually if you grab a if you grab a box and try to throw it upward through a one tile gap it's, it's not as easy it's not as easy <laughs> no. as jumping through it and there's a reason because the box does not change its shape under the hood right. as it goes upward but jerry team does and a big part of that was realizing that not being able to jump up one you know one block one whole uh, block sort of areas was just really annoying and it felt it felt like exactly yeah. what I'm yeah. saying like I should be I should be able to do that. Yeah, this is the game sort of one, and this is funny yeah. because and we were actually talking about this. I was chatting with some of the uh, community in the Discord about this over the weekend, and that that like you could honestly say from a from a definitions perspective that that would be a precision platformer is one that doesn't have any forgiveness mechanics. Where yeah. like if you press the jump button and your character can't jump because it's not on the ground then you're just not going to jump, yep. right? And that would be like the most precise thing. Or if- Also the least fun. Right, if your character is like 60 pixels wide and a grid space is 70, and if you want to jump up through a gap, then you have to actually go to One the right place, over. right? Yeah. And like that would be a precision platformer. But really what people think of as a precision platformer is like they evaluate it based on responsiveness, yeah. which responsiveness just means, did the game do what I intended it to yeah, do, yeah. not what I told it to precision do? Precision platformer is actually extremely slippery. Is the reality yeah. like they're yeah. they're just letting you? There do, has to be so much cheese. Yeah, they're letting there. you do everything you think you're doing, but really you're not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. why they're so hard to make. Yeah, and we, we were talking about how like there's there's a two tenths of a second of input buffering uh, on mm-hmm. on actions that you take. So if you press the jump button and it's and it's two tenths of a second before you even touch the ground, you're still going to jump when you hit the ground. Mm-hmm. And if you press the jump button. Point one two five seconds after falling off a cliff or whatever, you're still going to jump there as well. So you actually have a full third of a second window, sort of surrounding the uh, the right time. Jerry, you can jump off the air. Yeah, yeah. So we have a lot of that stuff baked in there. Um, so that all kind of comes back to that idea of like hitboxes, movement, all this stuff comes down to 
making the player feel like they did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Even well, if these are, these are also it. really fun too for uh, for advanced players because the thing with like something that, that actually behaves in a in a pixel perfect or just perfect way is that almost nobody can play them except for the really really advanced players. And but for robots. things that have a lot of in robots, but things that have a lot of this, these these cheese mechanics to make it just feel way better. Um, not only does it make it so that now everybody gets to play it, but it also makes it so that there's this huge range of skill of yeah. people being able to take advantage of those mechanics. So that if you watch, you know, some of the speedrunners, some of the people who are really, really good at, at, at level head, they, they know exactly like, yeah, they actually, they're playing in a frame perfect way. It's just that now they're taking advantage of the fact that they know that if that two frames after they fall off of a cliff, they can still they can jump, still jump yeah. and so they can get that extra distance mm-hmm. or extra height or whatever. And so they now get to take advantage of all these mechanics and, and kind of abuse the game in really interesting ways. Uh, and so it's really, it's just really cool to see. Yep. So it, uh, it just adds another layer too, yep. which is great. Yep. Our next question comes from Chalosis. Has moderating user content in Levelhead been easier or harder than expected i've never seen anything bad and the community is so wholesome as far as i can tell <laughs> yeah it's been easier Way than we expected easier. so yeah. far but also i think the floodgates haven't opened yet yeah and so that's i'm still i'm still very worried about we're it. still operating low-key yeah. i'm actually a lot less worried than i was um because i think there's there's a, a bunch of interesting layers that come into this so one is when you publish a level if you want people to see it you've not got to put time yeah. in like you've got to play other levels, get your exposure bucks and then promote it. And so it seems like whenever there's a really low effort way for somebody to piss someone off or like try to do damage to somebody, Mm -hmm. they just take it. Yeah. But as soon as there's like even an ounce of something that they have to give up in order to do it, they just are like, ah, yeah. And then they just wander off. (laughs) Effort is the best moderation tool that we have accidentally. Yeah. I do think that's true. Yeah. 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 And so when it comes to things like our uh, tower trial and our random level selection and stuff like that, like that's all in the tower, which is levels that have been pushed to the top of marketing and then yeah. graduated, um, which means those are high effort levels. It's a level that somebody made and they were like, I believe in this. I'm willing to give up some of my time mm-hmm. so that other people can see it. Um, and so that by itself has been huge. Uh, and then otherwise – yeah, we, we like we have in-game reporting stuff, and I go through the levels have been reported. We've only had one that was kind of questionable, but it wasn't super bad. Yeah, so it was kind of it was a, mostly just confusing. It was confusing. It seemed, like an, it seemed like an effort to be bad, but didn't even accomplish. That. Yeah, <laughs> so that yeah. was that I was, was like, this one. is a gray area. I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Uh, so yeah, it's been fine. Fine. Yeah, yeah. and it it has a, it has actually made me question just how aggressively we've been nope. sort of clamping down on things <laughs> but <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna walk any of that back yeah because um, <laughs> the only like this, this is one of those uh you know like i got a vaccine and now i'm not sick yep, maybe i didn't yeah. need that vaccine you when know? you do your job well no one even knows yeah. you're doing your job, <laughs> right, yep. right. so i don't know um but it's been it's been fine yeah it's been easy yeah so far uh, next question comes from beaky Bapa boob how many legs should a chair have three it's a stool now. No, I mean, just, I mean, a stool is just a thing that doesn't have a back on it. No. If you put it, if you put a back Wait on, a minute. On, on what you would call a stool, we got to sure walk, we got to walk this back, buddy. We got to walk this back. Walk it back. Uh, how many you're, just, you're just jumping right on three. We, we have three. We got to establish some parameters here. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Sure. So is Which this parameters, right? Is this chair in space? No legs required. Doesn't fucking matter. Strap it. To, you mount can't, it to a you wall. can't even sit on stuff in space. because There's no gravity. Yeah. Right. So, chairs, is a chair in space even a chair? Now, no. if you put legs on a beanbag chair, you've got a real problem. Now, you've got a weird sort of like spider sack. You've got a lumpy. Lumpy spider sack. Mm-hmm. That's no good either. 
So we need to figure out, you know. I think they follow the same rules as a polygon, right? You need at least three corners, which are the legs. Yeah. Right? In order for it to work because you can't stand on two, presumably. I think three is too uh, it's too wobbly. It's like a no, – You know, you know those things. It's not it's because not. Yeah. the problem with four is there's always one uneven leg. That's true. You maybe can't have more. any uneven legs with three. Well, maybe the floor is uneven. doesn't matter. If you have three legs – there's no such thing as an uneven floor. Is that true? Yeah. Right. But what about those three wheeler? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Those three wheeler vehicles. Yeah. They, well, that does roll because you're driving them and turning. You're not turning your chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like you. Yeah. But, but, like, uh, but four wheelers don't roll at the same rate as a three wheeler does. Well, but, but they, they the got, advantage though, because they use tires that are full of air. So they, can, you say a so they can use the weight of themselves to make it so that it doesn't actually matter if they're aligned or if the ground is flat. Is a four wheeler actually a chair then? A four wheeler is. <laughs> well, no, well, it depends if chairs are allowed to have wheels for legs. I think so because you have office chairs. I mean, you're sitting you're in one sitting right now. It's got wheels on it. Yeah, but it's got one leg with a big foot. But it's it's more that it has wheels on it, not that its legs are wheels. You know what I mean? You know, is that an important maybe, distinction? Maybe maybe we just <laughs> maybe we don't need to judge. Wait, here's the question because like you also but here, this- but I'm gonna but I'm gonna say despite all this other stuff that mm-hmm. we're saying, yeah, it is three legs. Because of the fact that with three legs, it doesn't matter how misshapen or ill-linked those legs are they or how true. unflat or misshapen the floor is, it will sit. And all legs, flat. all <laughs> legs will touch the fucking floor and you can sit on it and it's not going to wobble. That's fair. I'm in agreement with that. I just want to know, is a yoga ball a, a yoga ball? Is, a yoga <laughs> ball a is a pogo sphere, stick. Well, it's a sphere, so it technically has like infinite Is points. a chair just whatever you can sit on? That's my you know question. I mean? Is it more about function or is it about having three this, legs? You know what? This bit, All right. All right. This is an Aristot- Aristotelian. Yeah. When I, when I started college, one of my classes was philosophy. Yep. yep. And I was so mad because I was 18 and I was from Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and – and our professor put a chair, the first class, he put a chair in the middle of the room and he's like, what is this? And everybody's like, it was a chair. And he's like, but is it? And everybody's like, yes. <laughs> and then we got into this discussion about, you know, is it only a chair because we've all agreed that it's a chair? And like, what if you, well, yes, that's how things what work. if you put something on it and used it as a table is it still a chair or is it a table like so there's this whole class about basically like definitions mm-hmm. and whatever and of course being a midwestern 18 year old i was just like this is what practical the hell? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter what we call it because you could still sit on it know what i mean yeah but so, there's there's those studies on on creativity where they ask you about like an object's flexibility test right where they're like you have a brick name all the things you can do with a brick you shave like, it. You can shave it. Well, I mean, what do you <laughs> not, not do you can the brick. shave it? What do you, you do? Shave a brick. What's the brick for? Shaving. So you could shave you, with the brick. More yeah. like exfoliating, probably. I, you think. Can, I mean, if you exfoliate hard enough, you're shaving now. Yeah. Well, shaving skin off too, which yeah. sounds very painful. But it could be a weapon. It could be a razor, I guess. Yep. Uh, yeah. It you could, could be a paperweight. It could be a paperweight. You could you cut it in half, and make a sandwich out of it. <laughs> Well, this is the thing. So they <laughs> use it for that guy from the Neverending Story. Is that the one? The, yeah, the brick, the brick eating guy. The, they, use the, guy. Uh, they use this as a creativity test to see how how laterally people can think about fixed objects, right? So chair is an interesting one. I guess this. this well, the but whole, this was the problem. We we're talking about 
that. We were just talking about what are you going to call this thing? Yeah. Yeah. Which is then just a, And you're like, it's still a chair, but you could make it a table. But there's, yeah. a, there's, a, <laughs> but there's an important point there. I think if you started with the other way with you're like, what does it mean to define something? Right. And like, what's the, what is, and where do you run into problems mm-hmm. when you, cause every time you define something, you have to, you have to basically, a definition is, is creating boundaries yes. is what it is. And then, so this, so I think about this with like defining life, cause this is an exercise we were dating in mm. biology courses, you know, it's just like our virus is alive or whatever, because at some point you have to make a definition where you just say here, here is what categorizes alive things. And then everything else is not alive. And then someone's like, Hey, but viruses, right? Cause then, cause then, cause then you can find some example of a thing that none it's of just, us think of as alive, but that technically fits into the definition right. or vice versa. Something that we would all agree is alive, but now sits outside the definition. And now that that's a really interesting discussion. But the problem is if you start with a chair and you just say, what is this? Right? <laughs> like that's the most boring way. Yeah, it was it was garbage. Yeah, it was bad. a terrible. Lesson. Well, that's what I'm trying to get back to. You, my question, which is, is a four wheeler a chair? I think it could you can be fit on it. But no, but here's yeah. <laughs> because and then, here's where my frustration come, came from with this whole thing with definitions, which is that it just is a thing you get to choose because that's the yeah. point of a definition is is there's no fact about the world that makes as it long as we all agree whatever. on it. So like it Sam, if you drove into the office on a four wheeler, <laughs> pulled up to your it's desk, for ergonomics guys. <laughs> Pulled up to your desk problem. and just started typing. It'd be like, that's a chair. That's now. a weird chair, but yep, it's doing it the job. It's like how we call it most any animal that has actually not even four legs. Just any animal, we just call it a weird dog now. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a weird dog. You just see something, you're like, that's a weird dog. And it's like, you know, it's a, you know, a peacock or something. Or right. a nematode. But yeah, you could a call a dog like a push up monster because they're always doing push ups. <laughs> that's true. They are. They're always in the planking. As position. long as we agreed that the important thing about a dog is that it's planking. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, but then if uh, someone plankster, yeah. So if someone starts planking, you know, like the teens used to do back in the two thousands, I yeah. think they only did that for two weeks. That was a because they all got tired. It was a very short lived. I definitely planked on some stuff. I was planking. It was like dabbing. It was the dab of the day. <laughs> yeah, it was planking. <laughs> well, you can think of stuff like like a lot of people will call things like dolphins and whales fish, yeah. right? And it, but if you define a fish as an animal that swims in the ocean using fins, then mm-hmm. sure, that'll work. But you then know? you're a fish when you get in the ocean. If you're wearing fins. If you're wearing fins. Or That's are feet key. big enough to be fins? As long as – well, no, as long as they, also your definition – They're too meaty, I think. You know? mm, okay. As long as your definition of fish means that you can transform in and out of fish form depending on your, <laughs> your activity, right? It so could, well, that's the thing is that now you have to – this is the problem with the definition. What about is that, toad? What about frog? Is, yeah, as you pull up all these examples, now you have to make the definition more complex to like to, to, date, to basically dictate whether this one goes here or there. But the, the the crazy part of all that is that you have to have already decided what you believe because like if you want to say like I actually just don't want – because what you're saying is I don't want a toad to be a fish is what you're saying. And I don't want to be a fish either. And I don't want to be a fish. So I, I need to cope with the definition. This is the thing we do with what so we're trying to define life. Right? And you're like I want these to be fish. Exactly. Yeah. So how do I find a definition that fits these, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've already decided how we want the world to behave, right? Uh, we mm-hmm. just have to keep on making – like fine-tuning our rule set to mm-hmm. do a better and better job of encompassing stuff. But someone's always got to show up on their four-wheeler. With, yeah, with their other example. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's an office chair with wheels. I think it's yeah. – I think it fits. I think yeah. it works. I think, but I think mostly you just have to let definitions for things be a little – be a little sloppy. Wishy-washy. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise you're going to go nuts trying yeah. to figure out how to put it all together. Yeah, but I would argue that definitions are functional. Yeah, exactly. They're functional. Yeah. yeah. And so this this was where in my philosophy class this question of is this a chair if I do blur with it? If I wear it on my head, is it a chair or a hat? Both. Like who who gives a shit at this point? Now you're just a weirdo <laughs> with a chair, with a chair on your head. Like you're not 
you're not you're not teaching anybody anything at this it point. It is interesting, Adam. I think you're right that the not pointing out what the point of the exercise is first yeah. makes it really just weird. Because yeah. the whole point is like, look, definitions, is definitions are arbitrary are and arbitrary, yeah. and so everybody needs to agree on what they are, and there's always room for flexibility. Those are the facts. And if you don't agree on your definitions, you can't talk about things. Right. So this is actually the important part of philosophy. Yeah. And the thing that drove me crazy is that this is the same deal. It's like if a lot of the the, the philosophical texts that at least I read in college, I'm sure, like as you get more advanced, maybe they're less dumb. But the ones that I was reading, <laughs> as, the ones that I was reading, were all like, let's explore the idea of like what is knowledge, right? And they would try to explore this as an idea, but. Never That's not agree. a thing you can do. You just decide how you're going to define it and then ask, is that useful, right? So you define knowledge and then talk about what that would mean if you've defined it that way. It's also as far as most arguments, even in the studio, but also just in relationships or whatever else, a lot of them just come from a definition. Yeah. It's just what do you mean? What do you mean? Okay. Now I have to squeeze in one more question because it's just totally ties right, right in, uh, which is from Gizmore, who's which is a great name, who <laughs> says, do you guys ever disagree? I listen to your podcast and you always agree or do you? Well, or we, do you not we, agree? I would say we mostly disagree. Yeah. And then we agree. Or, and we agree, we agree enough. Well, I like we, we always what disagree. does it mean to disagree? Ooh. We need to talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> so we always, we always disagree in terms of – if we're talking about like we solving We start a from a point of disagreement. Yes. We almost always start from a point of disagreement, meaning – that we are not in agreement. I don't know. What. Uh, well, I think I think the simplest <laughs> the simplest case would be, for example, I would like let's say we were implementing some new item into Level Head, and mm-hmm. and I'm like Sam, I need art for this, and he's like, okay, and he makes the art, and then we go on to round two, and I'm looking, I'm like, actually, we need to update this because of blank reason that we didn't foresee, mm-hmm. right? And then Sam might be like, I don't think that matters, right? And then all of a sudden, no, that's to, a disagreement, yeah, right? Because I think about, it matters, and he doesn't. Right. And then we have to figure out what the middle ground is. Um, these things happen all the time. Uh, we have web features that we need to figure out how to implement. And then there's a question about priorities and none of us are ever in agreement on what should happen when, yep. at least at the outset. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about it and then we figure it out. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're always in disagreement and then we're not right on. Well, <laughs> like I would I, say we're in general disagreement. And then anytime it's important for us to <laughs> do something, we come to an agreement on that point and then go back to the ocean. And I think, but, the the key here is that like fish that agree, that, like fish. The, the key here is that totally. is that agreement is is fucking irrelevant most of the time because you only need to way. agree on something when you're collaborating to a, to a to a joint end, right? Mm-hmm. So so that what that means is that if you were to then like if you were to go peek in at stuff that somebody else was doing that wasn't any of your fucking business, right? Mm-hmm. That was like so Sam's making his art and the, the very Which and the way that he makes most art, right? things that most, most things. other people yeah. are doing. So if Sam's like making his art, you, you know, doing a system. Like I could come over there and probably just find a whole bunch of things to disagree with arbitrarily. Right? Like, I want that to be blue. Yeah. yeah, because because it's it's very easy to like look for things and find things, right? But I don't do that because it's not relevant. And so what I mean is like yeah. if I were to do that, I would probably just be in a general state of disagreement. Yes. Which means that I just am in a general state of disagreement, mm-hmm. right? And it's only when you need to come together on something because it there's a there's a reason for it to be collaborative that we so then generally, come to an agreement. We do a pretty good job of not paying attention to each other's stuff, except for in the context yeah. where we need to make an agreement about. Yep. And so if that's usually like prioritizing things, and then, or if we're mm-hmm. collaborating, we're like, we're if Seth is making a game client for an MMO and I'm making the server side, we have to sit in ahead of time and just be like, okay, what is the data going to look like? Because yeah. if we don't agree on that, we can't. We cannot solve And I think this. this is actually – so we've talked a lot about you know production pipeline stuff in the last six months or so. And this is actually mainly what it's about, which is yeah. realizing that a lot of the things that you maybe thought you didn't need agreement on, you actually do. So in the case of the art, the reason why we do a sketch phase now before doing the art is so that we can have agreement on what it's going to 
look like essentially from a, and, and how it's going to behave from a functional standpoint before it gets made. Because you want the disagreements to occur when Early. things are more flexible. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's that's kind of like how the whole thing loops together, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it, from a sea of disagreement, you come to these little peaks of agreement. Yes. Basically. And then sometimes they flip over. Yeah. Like, blah, blah, blah. yeah. <laughs> and then stir up all these other disagreements. Yeah, that's true. You know, it just happens. Sometimes just happens. your disagreement glaciers start calving. And, <laughs> Terrible. And uh, sometimes they're real big. And that's okay. You know, you just got to. Don't yeah. get under them. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, how, that's how they get you. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, but before I get into the closing stuff, shenanajam.com. Sign up for the ding dang shenanigans. Well, there's already, as of this morning, there were 275 people dang. signed up. Okay. I, yeah. At this rate, we're going to hit 3 trillion by Friday. Mm-hmm. Friday. Yep. And we will be doing a podcast kickoff episode, a special episode for Friday. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, no, that's going to be the kick on. The kick on. Kick and on. then the kick off. No, the kick down. down. Kick is the- down is going to come later. <laughs> I think it's actually what we call it. Kick up, kick up, yeah. kick down. The kick on, kick down. Yeah, so get ready for that. That's going to that, happen. Is that going to be 8 a.m. CST that we make that live? I think that's what it says on the site. Yeah, I think it's what it is. Probably. Okay. It's, it's it, whatever th- it says, we'll do it's that. It's actually a three-day jam, but you just <laughs> yeah. sort of do roughly 48 hours. Yeah, so it doesn't mean that the, the themes will come out uh, early, basically early Friday. Yeah. Um, uh, but then however you're doing it, so if you're doing it with other people, if you're doing it as an event, if you're doing whatever, uh, you can then choose to kind of like make your own little event where you then listen to the episode like – at 6 p.m. your time or, or however you want to do it. And yep. um, we just want to make sure that the thing is out early enough that no matter where you are in the in the universe, for the most part, you got enough time. You got enough time. Yes, to make an MMO. Yep. <sighs> all right. So that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank uh, our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for putting the podcast together. Thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net where we have links to everything. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye.